Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, and I'm going to spend a, a little time this morning preaching, I believe, on a subject that I believe that all of us need. I really do. Uh, as I begin to search for an ideal or a passage to preach, uh, as I do every week, which I look forward to doing, I, I take it like a treasure hunt. Sometimes God will give me four or five messages, and I can make a series out of them. Sometimes I go through a dry season, and I end up picking and preaching through a book, and God blesses that. I, I believe God will bless it because He says His Word would not return void. But every once in a while, the Lord will get you onto something. And today I want to preach out of Job chapter 1 on when the bad news keeps coming. And in light of the last two years, uh, there's been a lot of bad news. And let me tell you something, you lose a loved one, or you get a cancer diagnosis, you lose a child, that's a lot of bad news. We're going to read about a man in the Bible today that that happened to. And I got news for you this morning. The devil is real, and the devil doesn't like you. The devil doesn't like what Brother Bonifacius had to say. He doesn't like it when the Word of God is given out. The devil knows that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The devil knows that we need to go. The devil knows uh, that we need to preach and to disciple, and he's actively working against that. The devil's not our friend. And so our adversary, we are warned to be vigilant against. And in this life, the Bible says if you're a Christian, you're going to suffer persecution. You're going to deal with trials and tribulation. And so let's read. I believe to do it justice, we need to read the whole chapter here, chapter 1. But I want you to begin to look at this chapter as we read it. And I will be preaching on when it all goes wrong or when the bad news keeps coming. What to do. So he says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all, for Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? 
Hast not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell among the camels, or upon the camels, and carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And then Job arose... Now, I want you to pay attention to these two verses, as I'll be preaching from them. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God Foolishly, let us pray. Our gracious Father, today we thank you. Now, Lord, it's been a good day already. We've had good singing. We've had good fellowship. We've had good testimony. Uh, we even have been privileged to see a missionary that we support that's still with it after 55 years, Lord. Lord, uh, what a wonderful testimony. We ask that you continue to bless him. Keep them safe. Be with our other folks that couldn't be here today because of COVID or lockdown or they're traveling. We pray for those that are traveling, for traveling mercies today. Be with our nation, Lord. But we, above all, pray for your speedy return. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. The Bible says this in Job chapter 14, verse 1. He says, a man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. I believe there's going to be times in your life and my life when it all goes wrong. You will feel like God has forsaken you. You ever been there? Ever been through something? Uh, I've talked to some preachers and uh, a preacher, uh, I'm not going to name his name, we wouldn't want to embarrass him. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't in confidence, but it was a testimony. Served God for 40, 50 years, him and his wife, and all of a sudden his wife is diagnosed with cancer and he got to watch his wife wither uh, away and he's like, look, I've been serving God faithfully. I've wanted to do nothing more than to help people in ministry. Why me? It can happen. It can happen. 
You're going to have trouble and you're going to feel like God has forsaken you. Job had experienced this type of trouble. Job lived through this type of trouble. And I believe that we can learn that when it all goes wrong, we can look at Job and see what did Job do because that's what we need to find ourselves doing. One of the things we can learn from Job is God said that this man, this is what God said about Job. He said he was perfect. That means he was spiritually mature. He wasn't talking that he was sinlessly perfect, but he said he was perfect, spiritually mature. Says that he was upright. Let me read it. He said he was perfect and upright. That means the man was just. He did what was right. And every decision that he had to make or that you might have to make, there'll be a high road and a low road. And Job always chose the high road. I mean, you've heard me say this before, and we'll say it again because uh, it is a true saying. You want to find out what's inside of somebody? Bump into them a little bit. You'll find out what's in there. And really this morning, the devil bumped into Job, and we're going to find out what's in Job. God already knew what was in Job, but God wanted the devil to know what was in Job. Because the devil said what was in Job was a cursing mess. He says, you touch him and he'll curse you to your face. And the Lord says, go ahead, bump into him, boy. I wonder if God could say that to the devil about us. Could, could God tell the devil, hey, have you ever considered my servant down there? He's a perfect and upright. He's a man that fears God and eschews evil. Boy, that eschewed evil means he avoids or shuns evil. That means he never gave a platform for sin to happen in his life. He did not make provisions for the flesh. I think some people, I think it's because they want to, uh, they make provisions. They set situations up in their life and then wonder how they fall into sin. Well, let me tell you something. You're not a person that eschews evil then. But the Bible says that Job was a man who avoided evil. He avoided the temptation of evil. He avoided wrong or, what can we say, compromising positions or situations. He avoided it. He protected himself. In the martial arts realm, we call it, he was aware of his surroundings at all times. There's a few things that I as a pastor don't do. It's not because you can't trust me, but it's because I want to be a man that is known to eschew evil. I don't counsel with the ladies privately. So I don't do that. If we have a lady problem, my wife will happily take care of it for you and counsel with you about that. If it goes beyond her, she can bring it to me. But I don't counsel alone. It's not that I don't trust you, and it doesn't mean that I don't trust me. I want us to be the type of people that eschews evil. We don't want to make any provision for the flesh. I don't pick up ladies on the side of the road by myself. I don't give any woman a ride in my vehicle that is not my wife. Why? Because I don't want to set up any situation where there could be a possibility to fall into sin. That's what it means to eschew evil. Job was a perfect and upright man, a man that feared God and eschewed evil. Boy, that word feared God, not only did he know God, it means he obeyed God. 
That's what it means to fear God. Job, now I want you to get this. I was thinking today, and I put this together, but you think about this. You don't have to buy it or believe it if you want to, but Job had no Bible, to my knowledge. Job had no Christian fellowship. Job had no indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, no comforter, like we understand it today. I'm not saying there wasn't a Holy Spirit there. I'm saying he didn't understand it or enjoy what we enjoy today, the indwelling and the sealing of the Holy Spirit of God, who's there to comfort us when we go through these trials and tribulations. But yet he remained faithful to God. Oh boy. Now that'll preach all day. We have no excuse and no business to react wrongly when the bad news keeps coming. Now, I don't know about you, but I've gotten bad news in my day. And I would love to be able to stand before you this morning and tell you that I've always handled bad news well. I haven't. Boy, I get a little bad news, a little wind of a bad news, (laughs) and my whole world falls apart. I lose all sense of faith. I lose all sense of sensibility. I get down. I want to isolate. I want to go hide in a corner. And all of a sudden, I'm depressed. Every depressed person I know of, that's what they do. They try to isolate. I got news. That's the worst thing you can do. I know that is natural tendency, but it's the worst thing you can do. You don't need to isolate. You need to be around good people. Uh, You need to be around your church family, but you need to be around people that can lift your spirits up or to help you through that time. Oh, when the bad news keeps coming. I believe that this is called the Job test. Can you pass it? Perfect, upright, fear God, and eschewed evil. I don't know. I'd like to tell you I always got an A on that test, but I have not. And so as we look at this passage of Scripture, when trouble comes in life, when it all goes wrong, and before he got through listening to the first piece of bad news, the phone rang again or the next person come in and said, I got some more bad news. Not only did he lose his source of living, Not only did he lose his inheritance, not only did he lose his future retirement, he lost it all. And then they come in and said, oh, by the way, all your kids are dead. Now, I believe that if you was a spiritual man, maybe you could handle... Losing your job, losing your wealth, losing where you live, losing your uh, future retirement. But buddy, when it starts hitting the family, when it starts being your little kids and your wives and your husbands that begin to drop down like flies also, now what? Let me tell you something. Most people can handle pretty much any kind of abuse and persecution until you start persecuting their families. I was telling and sharing in the Sunday school hour about a preacher friend that was on a phone conversation with an underground church in Afghanistan Friday, Thursday, Friday, this went down. 
And they were singing songs. They knew they were going to be killed. The Taliban is hunting Christians down over there right now. Now, you're not going to get that on the news media. He was on the phone with them when the Taliban come in and shot them all for having church just like we are this morning. And those, there was children in there. There was wives in there. There was husbands in there. As they were singing songs about Jesus as they went out in a hail of bullets. Now I got news for you. If you're like me, you really don't care much what somebody says about you or what they do to you, but when they start trying to hurt your wife and your children, that's a different matter. And here was Job. It was totally out of his control. Not only did he lose his livelihood, not only did he lose his future he lost his children i believe we can learn a great lesson here because the bible says this there are three great men in the bible god said that job and daniel and noah are the only three men in history and i'm talking about mortal men i'm not talking about jesus christ that were righteous if they could ever save anybody they could only save themselves and he's talking about sparing, being spared from the judgment of God. He said they were not good enough to save their families. What I'm saying is God placed a high value on Job. And I believe there is something that we can learn from Job when the bad news keeps coming. Number one, I want to draw your attention, attention to verse 20. I believe it to be so important. He says, then Job arose and rent his mantle. I mean, this was a lot of bad news. Could you imagine the depression? And he goes through a serious depression. I mean, could you imagine? He rent his mantle and he shaved his head and he fell down upon the ground. And what does the Bible say? Number one, the first thing Job did was worship. You know what that's telling me? He says when he got that bad news, when the bad news kept coming, he had church. Worship. When's the last time you worshiped God? You know, I did a little worship yesterday. And that worship means you getting down on your knees before God and thanking Him for being a good God. That's worship. We'll get to praise in a minute. I'm talking about good old-fashioned worship. When's the last time you did that? In, and then when's the last time you ever did that when you got bad news? How about falling down and worshiping God when God has seen fit to take your family from you? How about falling down and worshiping God when God has seen fit to take your spouse from you? What do we do? Why do people run from the house of God? Why do they run from God but they won't worship? Job found himself. The first thing he did was worship. My soul. Worship. That worship means to adore. To pay a divine honor to. Boy, when is the last time you got down and adored Christ? Boy, that convicted me as I begin to work this message. I got news for you, church. I don't measure up. I don't worship near as much as I need to. And this message convicted me so much that I had to get down on my knees in my study and worship God a while. 
You know, I often tell you I pray as I drive and, and I have prayer time. Sometimes I walk through this church and pray. But there's just something special about getting down on your knees and worshiping God. Job worshiped. He's having a bad day. Everything's going wrong. He don't have nothing to live for. It ain't coming back. What's he do? He worships. But it don't stop there. <laughs> it don't stop there. It gets better. Look at verse, the next verse, verse 21. After he gets done worshiping, which means to adore God. That means to humbly and to adore and shower God with honor. Verse 21 says, and he said, uh-oh, he's testifying. Do you see that? He's getting ready to testify to a biblical truth. He's testifying. He's verbally acknowledging truth. He says, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Did you catch that? He's testifying about the goodness of God. He says, you know what he's saying? By his testimony, God is in control. He's saying that God is sovereign. The God that I worship is 100% in control. And I'm not only going to worship him, I'm going to testify of the goodness of God that God can give it to me. And boy, I'm happy when God does some giving. But are we happy when God does the taking? He builds on that later. He said, shall we not receive good at the hand of God and not evil also? We're happy when God gives it to us, but all of a sudden, we throw a fit, we run from the house of God, we get all mad at God when God sees fit to allow the devil to take it from you. You want to know why you get mad when that happens? Because you think it's yours. Job said, let me tell you what's mine. <laughs> and it's not even mine. He says, worms are going to eat this body. He said, naked came I in, and naked shall I go out. Guess what? If you're saving moldy money, you ain't taking it with you. You ain't taking it with you. Whatever you come into this world with, that's what you're going out with. Naked. Nothing. That's what he's declaring. Nothing. Everything you have this morning is because God has given it to you and me. Everything. Everything. When's the last time you testified and praised God for what he's given you? But when's the last time God seemed to take something from you and you praised God for that too? Is there any takers in here this morning? Because I don't think I've done that. Oh, that's when I started getting real convicted. Boy, I'm happy when God blesses and gives us something. But buddy, I'm not so happy when he sees fit to take it. Mm. Mm -mm. But he don't stop there. So he worships. He praises. And then, or he testifies, now he's praising. Watch this. And said, naked, that's his testimony. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Here's the praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord 
he praised God. You know, folks, I think we got this praise and worship backwards. We, we, we're, we're about praise and we call it praise and worship. We're calling what we're doing worship right now. Worship is what you do when you get on your knees before God and you adore God with your worship. You bow down and worship Him. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's worship. Coming together in the spirit of worship. Now I understand we're here to, together in the spirit of worship. And as I shared with the Sunday school class, church is all about bringing the preeminence to Christ. That's who gets the glory. Do you understand that we could have been born in Afghanistan? Do you understand we could be stuck in Afghanistan this morning? Do you understand that we could have been the ones that was shot? But here we are in an air-conditioned church, a beautiful church, by the way, enjoying the blessings of God. But those saints went out into eternity singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Those children said, We're not going to bow down to the Taliban. We're not going to deny Christ. They were thinking and praising God. I got news for you. They got the real stuff. You say, well, I didn't know those people could be saved. Oh, yeah, there's a whole lot of people that are getting saved that are of other colors and other races and other cultures. And let me tell you something right now. There is a great movement of God in third world countries today. The underground church in China is growing like no time before. Matter of fact, China is the third largest country that sends more missionaries out into the world. North Korea is in there too. You say, I didn't know that. Yeah, America's not even, they're barely on the top 10 list anymore. Third world countries, countries that are persecuting Christians and those people, those saints of God are happy. They're worshiping. They are praising God and they're testifying of the goodness of God as they're being murdered for His name. Oh, let me tell you something. We're close. We are close to the coming of the Lord. It's coming, folks. It's coming. And if you're not saved, you need to get saved today and get in on this. To get in on this. Hearing about those people going out in a hail of bullets encouraged me. It didn't upset me. I'm not mad. The devil's doing what the devil's always done. Trying to kill and they're trying to violently take over the kingdom of God by force. Now they ain't going to get it done. But they're going to get E for effort. He praised God. But here's where I want to focus this morning. Look with me in chapter 2 and verse 9. And watch what his wife says. Now his wife had to endure this too. Sometimes we're a little hard on Job's wife. Do you understand she lost 10 of her children? Now, you mamas and you grandmas, I think you can relate to this. You've had children. What happened if you lost ten, all of your children and grandchildren? I dare say you would be in a mental distress. You'd be distraught. You'd be angry. You'd be like a grizzly bear, a mama grizzly bear. And that's one thing I've learned down here in this culture. You southern women are cray-cray when it comes to your kids and grandkids. My soul, don't you ever say nothing bad about somebody's grandkids and kids. It got me scared to death around here. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah, know. No, I am a little serious. I'm, I'm real careful. I measure my words wisely. <laughs> 
So let's cut Job's wife a little slack, but look what she says. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Uh-oh. We need to spend a little time with that. Look what she says. Curse God and die. What was she saying? She says, well, it's pretty clear that God doesn't like you. Why don't you just go ahead and curse him and go ahead and die and get yourself out of this misery? And me. She was hurting. She, hey, if you men have ever been with your wives during childbirth, you kind of understand what I mean. You can't take what they say <laughs> personal. They will hate you until they're holding that baby. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. They lose a child. There's a good possibility they might hate you too for a while. Grieving is hard. Grieving is hard. And so Job's wife says, why don't you curse God and die? Just go ahead and curse God and let God kill you and get it over with. It can't get any worse. The bad news keeps coming and it's killing me. And But she makes this statement. Dost thou still retain thine integrity? And Job said, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. Now, he didn't call her foolish because he didn't want her to hit him over the head with a skillet. <laughs> he didn't call her foolish. He said she was speaking like a foolish woman. He didn't say she was foolish. That's really not a real wise thing to say. It's a foolish thing to say. And here he says, he says, what? <laughs> one of my favorite, what? What? <laughs> Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. See, what are you trying to say? Well, God allowed the devil to bump into Job to show the devil what was in Job's cup. That's what they were talking about. God told the devil, where you been? you got to understand this. The devil answers to God. He's got to show up. He's got to show up for that either annual business meeting, biannual, maybe monthly. It looks like it might go on monthly. I don't know. But he has to show up and give an account because he's a created being. God is sovereign. And he says, hey, where you been? And he said, well, I've been going to and fro in the earth. He's a traveler. He's that roaring lion, and he's always looking for somebody to devour. He says, well, while you've been on your prowl, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, ah, he ain't real. What's in Job's not real? You lift that hedge. Oh, that's comforting, ain't it? God's got a hedge about us. Boy, I pray every day God don't lift that hedge. Because I'm constantly telling the Lord, Lord, I ain't Job. I'm not even close. And when I got done putting this message together, I'm not even near close. How about you? But he said, Job maintained his integrity. And you can tell a lot about a person when they get bumped into. You know, I hear tale of pretty reliable testimony that a lot of church people go in and out of the grocery stores. And when they get bumped into, when they think they've been cheated out of two cents, five cents, they come unglued. 
There's a lot of bitter and wrath and venom that comes out of them. You say, what, what is that? They've been bumped into a little bit. They've been pushed just a little bit. And you can find out what's inside of somebody. I got a little fav- favorite thing I do. Just tell, tell them no. See how they respond to no. You see a toddler, you tell a toddler no and they come unglued. You want to know why? Because that's what's inside of them. Bitter, envy, jealousy, selfishness. You want to correct that. You don't, you don't want that inside of them. When you tell your child or your grandparents, your grandparents tell your grandkids no, and they come unglued, you better correct that. Because they're going to grow up, and when their pastor, if they ever make it that far, says no, they're going to come unglued on him, cause church split. Oh, I'm preaching now, ain't I? Come on now, come on. <laughs> you can tell a lot about a person when you bump into them. I've bumped into a few people while I've been down here. And I found out what was on the inside when you bump into them a little bit. You know, sometimes you do bump into people kind of spill their coffee out of their coffee cup. You don't mean to, but it happens. How they respond tells you a whole lot. I don't really pay much attention to what this says. I want to know what happens, what they do when you bump into them a little bit. Mm. See, the devil bumped into Job. But Job, there wasn't bitter anger, wrath. He maintained his integrity. Now, why is this so important? Let me, let me lay this out on here. You cannot control how someone treats you. You think about that for a minute. You cannot control how someone treats you. Stop trying to do it. Job could not control what Satan did. And neither could Job control what God did. But you can control how you treat someone. Mm-hmm. You can control how you treat somebody. And boy, that's going to tell a whole lot. When you're reviled, do you revile again? Do you try as much as in you that is possible to live peaceably with all men? That's even the ones you don't like. Here's what happens. And here's why people run off on God when God takes something from them or allows the devil to take something from them. When they get mad and curl up in a hole and they won't worship, they won't testify, they won't praise, what they're saying is how dare God, who's God think He is? And they're declaring by their body language and their actions that they know more than God and that they deserve all the good God can give them, but don't you dare give me the bad. And so they sit over in a corner and they pout. And they fizzle out and die. There's two ways you can come out of a serious trial in your life. You can come out sweeter or you can come out bitter. I advise you to come out sweeter because bitterness will kill you. Job is showing us because the Bible's clear to tell us that he maintained his integrity. You say, well, what was Job doing? How did he do that? Well, here's what the Bible says. Job declared this in chapter 13 and verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. 
But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Now, you folks that's been through some severe stuff, in about the middle of that trial, you're going to be faced with a question. Why has God seen fit to make a failure out of me? Now, we think that, we say that, because we can't see the future. When you declare that, you're trying to tell God you know more than God knows. You're going to have to bring yourself to the point and your relationship with God, if God sees fit to slay me, I will maintain mine own ways before him. I'm not going to quit serving God. Now, folks, I know what I'm talking about. I've been through some heavy things in life. You've been through some heavy things with me in this these last 10 years. And I've had to deal with this question, and that's the verse God give me. Your heart ain't right, preacher Todd. You don't need to worry about whether you're successful or not successful. You need to maintain your way before me what I've called you to do, even if I make you a failure. And you need to be just as happy with me making you a failure as you'd be happy if I make you a success. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's deep. We've got too much of this positivity in our minds. We think if it's not going good, we must be uh, upside down with God. It can all be going wrong in your life, and you could be right in the center of God's will. A lot of time, God lets you go through things that He knows other people are not going to be able to get through without you being able to try to comfort them. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4 right in there. He says, when you get through it, and I comfort you through it, then you comfort others, your other brothers and sisters, when they go through it, so you can empathize with them. Mm. But Job said, I'm going to maintain what God has commanded me to do in this life. Now, here we are. Revelations 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. You say, what's he saying? Job said, Lord, you can bring it down. You can kill me. You can afflict my body with boils, cancer, take my kids. You can take my wealth, but I'm still going to bring glory and honor to your name because that's what you, that's what you created me to do. I will maintain my integrity. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let me tell you why we don't handle trials right, me included. Our thinking is wrong. We think our life is ours, and that we need to be showered with blessings and pleasures of this life, when really your thinking is wrong. The reason you were created, the reason God allowed you to be born, the reason you're here in this church is to glorify God and to praise God and to praise His name and to worship Him. That's your duty. And that's what it means to maintain your integrity. When it all goes wrong...
You're still going to praise God and worship God. You're still going to assemble. You're still going to do what God has commanded you to do because you can't control what the devil's going to do to you. You can't control God and what he's doing, but you can control what you do and how you treat others, including God. God allows us to be bumped into not to prove to God what's in us, to prove to us what's in us. And I got news for you. I don't even like preaching on this. As I'm afraid God might say, okay. It's one thing to know some principles out of the Word of God, and now it's time to practice them. And he raises that hedge up a little bit and lets the devil get at me. Now, I hope that don't happen, because y'all, I hope you all took notes, because you'll have to preach it back to me when I isolate, <laughs> hide in the corner. <laughs> I pray to God that I don't do that. But I thank God, when you get to counting your blessings, do you count the blessings, the things that God has taken from you as blessings also? Ah. Yeah, I know I'm on, I got the rubber on the road this morning, and I'm done, I'm out of notes. <laughs> and I think the Holy Spirit has seen fit that, no, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. I think you got the message this morning. I hope it to be a help to you. Because in the days ahead, all of us can experience some serious troubles in the Christian life. And you're going to have to know how to get through the hard times. This was a hard time. Not only is the first thing you should do is be to worship. When you start getting bad news, get out on your knees and worship God. Number two, testify of the goodness of God and the truth of God. Three, praise God. Get you a song and sing it. But maintain your integrity. That's called elegance in the Christian life. And I don't mean in a prideful matter or manner. Elegance is something that we have lost in our Christian lives. Nobody wants to remain elegant. The Bible will refer to that as temperance, long-suffering. When you get bumped into, make sure that the right stuff's in your cup. Let's all stand this morning. How to get through the hard times. When it all goes wrong, song of invitation, please. Head bows, eyes closed.